It may seem fun to go back and recycle the past we loved, but we end up with no sustenance. All right, let's get it started. Uh, my name is Matt Hayes. This is Bob Panalone, and this is the Analysis. Matthew uh, Hayes. How's it going, Bob? Hey, man. Good. Happy Memorial Day weekend. And happy Memorial Day weekend to you too. It's sir. Uh, very fitting for us because we're going to be doing a lot of member in today. Oh yeah, remember, remember the aliens? Remember aliens? Oh, I remember that was fantastic. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I remember. So yeah, this week I uh, put in a, uh, a Facebook post, which is getting a lot of a lot of hits. Did you see my I Facebook post? Yeah, it was pretty popular. Yeah, pretty popular hits, and uh, I I loved how everyone was kind of jumping on board. So my Facebook post for anyone who doesn't follow uh, at Bob Panalone on Facebook was um, I, I I did a basically like Hollywood's uh, Hollywood's comment on their their summer lineup, and it was. Remember Alien? Remember Blade Runner? Remember this? Remember, uh, Bla- remember Baywatch? Remember? And I just listed all of the billion remakes hey. that they're making. Oh and yeah, I remember Baywatch. I remember Baywatch. Baywatch. Uh, and then I did a <laughs> Television's rebuttal, which was uh, remember Dirty Dancing because apparently they just remade Dirty Dancing, super terrible that everybody hates, and uh, you know just just a. A nice little Facebook comment on the lack of originality at our summer lineup, our summer docket that we have coming on. And then all the replies were just uh, other stuff that I forgot to remember, like uh, the gong show, which is coming back with Mike Myers yeah. as the Will host. Will and Grace. Will and Grace. You got uh, Full House, which obviously has, has done a couple seasons. Um, you have uh, Roseanne apparently is getting remade, which I didn't even know until yeah, my Facebook. Did Wait, did you say Mike Myers is hosting the Gong Show? Yeah, so Mike Myers, it's really weird. Guy, he he came he's up coming out of retirement. Yeah, he came up with this character. It's supposed to be this legendary English uh, game show host named Tommy Maitland, and you know mm-hmm. it's it's just clearly Mike Myers in heavy makeup. It sounds a lot like Austin Powers, honestly. Um, but wow. yeah, so Mike Myers will be hosting the Gong Show under an alias. Uh, so you got that going for you, um, man. Has he done anything since like no? I mean, Glorious Bastards or yeah, that I mean, was the Love Guru kind of yeah, Love Guru. Yeah, it. I I really can you think of another movie that crippled a career more than Love Guru? Because he was pretty regularly coming out with stuff until then, and then he was basically like, "Fuck it, man, <laughs> I'm gonna go on a yeah. ten year vacation." I don't know if he was just like totally lost confidence or just went underground. Uh, or was this like, man, yeah, fuck. Yeah, this. I read an I article. Um, I read an article about him. Um, made it written a couple years ago, but yeah, he's been living in Greenwich Village <clears> and he just like plays street hockey with some buddies and has been, you know, he like he he said something really interesting in the article. He said he tries to create every day. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, a film character or a sketch character, but he he's a painter. He writes poetry and he just kind of creates artistically every day but kind of lost uh lost the fuel for uh, developing major motion pictures but i I did hear that there there's going to be um of course a member austin powers uh sequel in the works coming up here and yeah apparently yeah he's dipping his toe back in a little bit in terms of his character stuff and because because he is kind of a legendary character creator correct like his work with sure his work with second city he uh you know i always hear when he's developing even like with the love guru that he'll He'll go to random comedy clubs and, and, you know, it'll be like 
uh, an evening with Love Guru Pitka or something, and people won't know what they're getting into, and then Mike Myers comes out in some sort of full garb, and he like like very much like the Second City works, like uh, rewrites and retools and reworks a sketch over and over again until he thinks it's performance ready, and you know he very much like that's that's a model, uh, a structure that he believes in. And so apparently Tommy Maitland was showing up all over Greenwich Village, uh, where you know working this bit. Yeah. Wait. Did you say you were in Chicago when they he was developing the Love Guru? No, in New York. He was. People oh. were saying in New York there was a there was a story about how he would there was like you would go to like an improv club and it would say you know the eight o'clock show would be a, a, a session with Love Guru Pitka and people would be like what the yeah. fuck does that mean and then yeah I remember he would he's come like out. this. Yeah, this movie has to work because this character was tested the same way that Austin Powers Austin was. Austin Powers was, exactly, yeah. And then that couldn't couldn't think of a worse, more... I mean, it wasn't even disappointing, really. It was just like, you know, you didn't really know what you're getting into, and you're like, no, dude, this is not funny. I yeah. don't know what... It, maybe it's just like the wrong format, but that movie sucked. I mean, maybe casting Justin Timberlake was your first mistake, but... Yeah. God. Yeah, they really, uh, they really swung and missed, and he, you know, he kind of just was like, you know, I'm gonna take some time, and the time turned out to be ten years. So anyway, yeah, I, I was thinking about time. the same thing with like Jim Carrey, where it's like, uh, what was his kind of crippling movie? He hasn't really had one. It just kind of uh, there was a series kinda... of them. I think um, I, I actually heard someone bring it up just the other day, but uh, Yes Man. Someone was like, I really liked Yes Man. I was like, Yes Man was awful. Fun with Dick and Jane was really bad. Um, and then I love you. Philip Morris was good. It was, yeah, that was that was good. It was it was off the beaten path. Uh, a lot of people. I, I really didn't even remember it hitting theaters. It was kind of more of a people were discovering it on Netflix. But yeah, that was actually decent. Um, he, I know he's in that new movie coming out. Uh, the 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 like Texas Wasteland movie. Um, can't remember what it's called. Wow. Yeah. It, um. But anyway, I was trying to think about that too, and because uh, was he in the that oh the the number twenty three that's kind of his love. Oh career. yeah, that was, well that was the kind of the death of his serious career because he was you know there was that time where it was like oh have yeah. you seen Eternal Sunshine? Jim Carrey's actually a, a you know a talented serious actor, and then yeah he took a huge dump all over that the number twenty three. Well and- yeah, but, but before um yeah but before that Eternal Sunshine he had done you know uh, Man on the Moon and uh, and. Truman Show. Uh, fucking the Truman Show. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so, yeah, but number 23 was like, okay, we need uh, enough of this. Because I, I remember the tagline for that was, what happens when the numbers run out? That <laughs> got so bad. So bad. But anyway, let, let's uh, let's uh, get into our main topic here. Uh, you and I recently saw Alien Covenant, uh, the our, our beginning of the summer blockbuster member series. Correct. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the series. I actually don't really know much about your involvement with it i uh well i've seen aliens every i've seen all six movies. installments um aliens is is uh pretty much considered the best that was the james cameron uh sequel to ridley scott's original and then followed close behind by alien the original uh in terms of its master masterworks and then it kind of falls off from there the next uh oh yeah the next three i I, four, I would disagree with that actually i i think the original is probably considered the masterpiece uh, and James Cameron's Aliens is it's my favorite. I think it's just considered a really great sequel. Okay, um, maybe that's just in my co- circles when we talk. I I personally liked Aliens better, but uh, oh yeah, um, for me as well. I've only seen Alien a few times, but that's just it's just more of a masterpiece, and it's like a a masterclass on um, kind of uh, silent horror. Um, Correct. 
and it, whereas you know and it created a genre. Is, it created the genre correct like yeah. I, I don't know how many like of the space horror films were before it i'm sure there were things before it but they really kind of set the tone for that type of movie I mean, and it's been replicated very very iconic you know the the chest burster scene uh with correct. uh with uh hurt yeah john hurt john hurt um yeah it's just that that's the iconic film and aliens is just a great sequel it's a lot of fun Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got uh, Alien Three, which I actually studied in college. It's a David Fincher film, which he has since disowned <laughs> due to uh, studio interference. There's multiple cuts out there. It's um, th- yeah, there's all these different versions. Well, Alien Three was weird. Shoot. Yeah, Alien Three or Three was weird because Alien Two, you spend the whole time. That's the one with the little girl, right? Uh, that is Aliens. Yeah, Newt. Yeah, so the little girl, they spend the whole time trying to save this little girl, and then in the first, what, 70 seconds of the third one, they just murder her anyway, and you're like, oh, so the entire old second movie, uh, almost for now. She uh, she dies in hypersleep. There's a uh, a face hugger that gets into gets the Gets in pods. her pod, yeah, exactly, yeah. So... Um, yeah, and then that, uh, that face hugger escapes the hypersleep and is able to impregnate a dog. And so you get a, a, a one of the runner xenomorphs in Alien Three, correct? Which yeah, is slightly different from the other ones. Yeah, the uh, um, the old dog, yeah, with it, which was well, uh, apparently also the prequel to uh, Human Centipede, correct? Because doesn't he <laughs> doesn't he experiment on dogs first? Anyway, lame, uh, yeah, lame sure. jerk. Uh, and then Alien Resurrection was just god awful. Uh, there's this this awful hybrid. That comes out of the uh, so this this queen has been impreg has been uh, uh, created with uh, Ripley's DNA, so it has a human um, you know uh, method of giving birth, and so it creates this hybrid alien, and it has this little stupid nose on it. So alien has uh, Ripley has to or the Ripley yeah they have to re- resurrect her right. They have to like clone Ripley and bring her back so she can take it down and yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, a bad movie. Anyway, so uh, what did you think about Prometheus? Let's start there. Uh, I you see, I was actually um because I went to see this with with a buddy and friend of Pod, Bobby Peterson, and he had said, "Oh, I done some reading, and I hear this one's really gory." And I was like, "Aren't all of them really gory?" And then I was trying to think back on Prometheus, and I was trying, and I and I realized that it's been about what four or five years since Prometheus came out. I can't really yeah, remember anything specifically like any like iconic or like great moment from the movie and then i then i like flash back to the incubator scene where she's got to get the you know kind of like the the c-section and she's got to like c-section yeah emergency c-section uh before chest burst and that was pretty intense and i remember really liking fassbender in it um but uh I, i i remember feeling like i liked prometheus but uh didn't have any strong feelings about it uh reflecting on it like four or five years it's it's very kind of convoluted and a lot of people hated it and i i see for me i was expecting kind of like a like look at cloverfield lane where it's just uh what's what's that term it's not a sequel it's just kind of uh it's in that world it's a world uh, it's a world expanding film kind of just yeah uh just like a, a thematic uh sequel not necessarily related but um so that's I was just Prometheus. Me and my friends were expecting just how like how an alien could be created, or just kind of like a more theological, broader themed ex 
exploration um, of the greater world. And I found that really fascinating. I think it wasn't quite as successful as it could have been. And then people hated the fact that it wasn't just like an alien reboot. Yeah, but I did like I, to see, you know, you saw like where the traveling man came from, you know, because you've always seen that first alien where they, they, they go into the ship and you see the tra- traveling man with the whole bus yeah, the, busted out. And you're like the and space so you, jockey. Yeah. So you get to see them kind of in their own in, in its own way. You get to see the holograms of the, of the man. And in, in the first scene, you get to see the, the sacrifice to of creationism for humankind and so i thought that was kind of interesting and you got a little bit more backstory on um on the aliens themselves uh kind mm-hmm. of about where they came from which i thought was you know because it was they're basically created um they were created by our makers so essentially like they're kind of a brother or a cousin uh species to um us but they're, they're like some like biological weapon that these um that our creators were making so i thought that that was kind of an interesting um interesting piece but i also was like the mystery of what the aliens are and where they came from was kind of what made the first couple great like what are these things and where do they come from and and the more information you get on them kind of the less fascinating it becomes am i are you are you feeling that as well or is that just me um i actually really interested and fascinated by the kind of the origin of it but it definitely makes it's not scary at all i mean nothing nothing is really gory to me except for like torture porn films this is not that at all it's you know there's a lot of blood and there's uh, a lot of chest bursting they're coming out people's backs and through their spines yeah they got more creative with the aliens jumping out of the body uh part yeah and that really it, it felt almost like you know he had pressure to do that to make this kind of more of yeah, like a I, modern horror See this, so Alien Covenant was uh, originally going to be called Paradise Lost, um, which uh, I think is a reference to like you know that Dante stuff. And mm-hmm. if you look at the poster, it's it's very much like Dante's Inferno. Exactly. It's, it's exactly. this it's this xenomorph climbing atop of bodies, kind of trying to reach this light. It's a really mm-hmm. cool poster. And then it says the, the I think the tagline is uh, the path to the path to the path to uh, paradise begins in hell. I think it's hmm. really cool. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, so I think Ridley Scott wants to explore this idea of, uh, you know, creationism and and what it what happens if we meet our makers and we would be disappointed. And but then everyone's like, we just want more alien. <laughs> and then so in <laughs> this to one, America. yeah, and like like I think audiences are so dumb because they're like people were just complaining so much about Prometheus because it was it was too out there. It wasn't comfortable enough for them. And this movie, uh, but this Covenant, movie I also liked. has the same theme, right? I mean, am I missing it does. something? It's, where they're just here's, they're just like yes, there's no yes and it's just yes, more of the same of what I was exploring in Prometheus. You've got Billy Crudup, who's the secondary captain, and actually, let me rewind real quick. Uh, and this isn't a, a major spoiler, but James Franco as the um, original captain in the pod. What a, yeah. was that? A weird choice, man. Because. <laughs> They again, kind of like our girl, um, our girl in Alien Three. I mean, dying instantly in his pod, and then very little reference to him. And like, I, I don't understand why we need to go get an A-list celebrity to play uh, a charred body in a pod. Uh, I mean, that that could be something where um, Danny McBride gets this role, and he's like, "Hey, can my can my buddy my buddy wants to be in an Alien movie? Can we give him a little part?" Um, I mean, there's all that kind of backdoor stuff, or, yeah. or maybe. Yeah, Franco's always uh, been a fan of the genre and wanted to, you know, 
you have a little bit of yeah well have a little... did 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 you see any of the uh the prequels to this film that came out these little shorts that they released online no i didn't emotional material so yeah he's he's in that and like he's leading a last supper um of the crew um so he's more involved in that um okay and anyway. then there's another one which bridges the timeline. It's uh, it's a little short directly after Prometheus and um, with uh, David and, and uh, uh, Elizabeth Na- Naomi Elizabeth Rupace. Elizabeth Shaw. Shaw. Yeah. Okay. Well, I missed those, so unfortunately that that. So been... yeah, and I, I mean, like, in the movie, James Franco is simply in. Uh, he's just in that little audio message that what's her name listens to. Yeah. Um. Water. Water. Spoon or whatever the the actresses yeah but see for so covenant i feel like was like a marriage of these broader themes and there's definitely the scene with like the you know the two michael fassbenders kind of playing the skin flute that's the one everyone's complaining about they're like is this supposed to be funny does ridley scott have a sense of humor or is he missing the mark so bad that it's it becomes funny because it the tone of the unless you know unless he's being very sarcastic the tone of the scene is very serious i i think he's being serious and it ends up just being funny uh i don't know how serious you can possibly there's definitely some winking there where it's like i'll do the fingering yeah there there's there's no way that is said with a straight face there's definitely like a little but the thing about me for this movie is that i think there was too much fan service where it's like like we don't need to see the same thing over and over, right? Well, they I really mean, they really dumb it down. How many times? And the the structure of this of these movies is it's almost the same in every one, which is making which is making them kind of white noise at this point. Where it's a bunch of scientists on some expedition, and then they get a ping from some unknown place, you know, and they're like, "Oh, let's let's follow the ping. Let's go on. You know, let's go off in search of this." And then mm-hmm. they get picked off one by one you know and then this yeah one, it, it had, was so cliche in yeah that way. And, they were like god we've done this so many times ridley scott like how do you find how do you feel that this is going to still be entertaining and i guess you know if you're listening to the criticism of the the fanboys online complaining about prometheus being a little different he's like okay you, you want aliens here's your fucking aliens you know yeah exactly and so you know we get uh so, but you know, there's so many like stupid horror elements in this one that really turned me off to it almost, uh, almost instantly. Where you know, it's like, oh, I'm gonna go like take a piss. Like, hey man, don't go too far. <laughs> and then of course, yeah, like, that's our buddy that gets infected. Um, you know, on his on his smoke break. And it's like any time a movie, a horror movie happens, and the dude takes a piss. It's not a spoiler us telling you that that guy's gonna get infected. Like you assume there's no there's never a time where someone goes to take a piss and then they just come back and it's like all right well, let's continue yeah let's continue the plot um and yeah i see i don't need to see the obvious i i i'm what what drives me through these movies is david he's fascinating uh and he he's the he's kind of i mean he's the architect of the xenomorph because prometheus we, we discover these spores this pathogen and but that's it you know they're in all these drums, uh. But it just—I mean, I know there's there's like eggs. Oh no, there there is there. He's isn't he's any... also created the eggs. I mean, he's created a whole almost like yeah. alien inc- ecosystem there. If, if if we go back to Prometheus, it's simply like the pathogens uh, and like the little worms. So there's like many forms of these things, uh, and then it, it's from David's experimentation, like putting dapping it in because he thinks it could be the source of eternal life, which is why these engineers live forever and he's trying to save his creator. 
Correct. Uh, Waylon. Uh, so he tests it out uh, just through his programming and uh, creation. Uh, and then that creates, uh, you know, the first sort of form of like a an early alien in um, in that, you know, that doctor. That Prometheus, yeah. Yeah, in Prometheus. And now, like, he's had all these years to kind of just experiment further. And I just think, like, that that is the that's the key of the whole series. It's like this guy's fascination and, and you learn that he kind of created the race of xenomorphs that we know in the original movies. And yeah. they've taken all these forms. And I think it's, it's really cool. The idea that like um, humans met their, uh, so the engineers create humans and are so disappointed by them that they try to wipe them out. Um, and then, the same thing with David, where yeah, he's created he's by created. humans. Mm-hmm, exactly. But he is so disappointed by his creator, of uh, kind of the inverse of that, that he he doesn't respect them. And and, I mean, and, and this movie, I think, dumbs it down to the point where it, it he literally kind of, says it. He literally says, he's like, why are, why are you on a colonization mission? These beings, he's talking to Walter, the, uh, the, uh, the other uh, 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 robot, and he's going, yeah. They're, why are you on this? Why are you supporting this colonization? These humans don't deserve don't deserve to be around. They don't deserve to recolonize. We need to take you know and you know yeah right. Let let me prove it to you by how easily they are you know dismembered and dispatched. Correct. Um, yeah. Obviously. So that stuff's and they, interesting. I, but there's again, I I can't you know me being uh, you know probably over cynical. Uh, the cynical douchebag, as uh, South Park would say, is like I can't overlook all the silly horror elements in this movie. Like it's it's, it's yeah. it affected me too much. Yeah, there's a lot of dumbing down that uh, I think affected it, and then there's the uh, <clears throat> there's the alien POV on the ship that they, they used in Alien Three, but I thought that was unnecessary and cheesy as well. Where like it's kind of like a, like a video game perspective of like mm-hmm. the alien coming coming for them. Yeah, uh, and th- and then that last scene, the I mean, it always gets blown out the airlock, or uh, and it's just that's that is exa- that's a supercut of how she, you know the end of the original ends. Uh, yeah, and also like aliens, like they're always blowing it out the airlock. That that's how gotta it, it got to get. You got to make sure that airlock's working, and and you, the, you know the the uh, the work that they had setting that up of just like um, Walter going on the on the trip with our, uh, our co-captain as she's like checking to make sure everything's uh, all the vehicles are like locked into place um, right next to the airlock. And you're going, Oh, okay. Like here's the, here's the setup for the end of the movie, you know, cause everything happens for a reason. So she, she's not just going to go on a random tour making sure that the airlock uh, situation is, is all set without that coming into play later. Yeah, for sure. Um, how'd you feel about, uh, the, you know, when Walter's revealed as, as David, did you see that coming? I thought it was the least surprising twist I've seen in a very long time. And again, I don't feel like that's a spoiler because anyone that ends up watching this movie is going to go, oh yeah, that's definitely David and not Walter. I mean, it was so painfully obvious, uh, that I thought, again, it, it takes points away from this movie. If I'm, if I'm scoring and if I'm, I'm a French judge in a, in a, figure skating contest you're getting deducted <laughs> points for not landing that bit because it's like jesus how fucking obvious is this you know and it, it, it was even frustrating because of how intelligent these scientists are supposed to be and at the very end when you're completely locked in a in an air sealed uh, tight uh, pod that that's when you 
finally start to seriously question whether that's Walter or David. Like, come on. Yeah, but that's that's like a it's a Hitchcock. Um, it, it's the MacGuffin. It's the audience knows before the you know the the characters know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought they were. Yeah, if it was if it was an attempt to if that's what they were going for, well then you know lame. But if you know, if they were really trying to twist, you know, have a twist and being like, oh, no, it's David the whole time, then uh, super lame. But yeah, the, the second they cut away from the battle, you kind of the second you don't see David go down, you're like, OK, well, yeah, that that's David walking to the ship. And he's like, hi, I'm Walter. Like, well, you watch uh, him. Okay. You watch him change his his appearance physically. You watch him cut the long hair. You like a later scene. He shows up and he's got, you know, he's, his hair is a different color. It's brown now, uh, more to where Walter's is. And you're going, Oh, like all of a sudden, Walt, you can't tell the difference between Walter and David. And then not, and then you see the, you know, the whole deconstruct. He's going to, you know, you knew where that was going. Yeah. The second he cuts his hair, you're like, okay, this is his plan. I, yeah, it's just like he's always playing the long play. Uh, and he's, he's 10 steps ahead of everybody. Um, in these movies, and it's just a great character they stumbled upon, and obviously they're giving him a lot to do. Michael Fassbender's a fantastic yeah, they know, actor. Yeah, they know you know who the who the superstar actor is, and I know you've been a big fan of Fassbender since the "Go Out Speaking the King's" line in. in yeah. I think that might be if you had to rank your top ten favorite cinema lines, that might be a, a Hayes favorite. It's to, I definitely yeah it, it I can't help but smile every time I mean, that's my favorite scene in Glorious Bastards. Oh, it's of course. Just, uh, when he's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, they catch him on the holding up the three fingers when the he three, orders the three the thrice beers, three uh, three whiskeys or uh, whiskeys. Exactly. Sorry, excuse me, whiskey. Well, because he German breaks speed. character. He breaks character by saying, um, yeah. Well, he starts by saying, um, well, if this is it, old boy, I hope you don't mind. I go out speaking the kings. By all means, Captain. You know, yeah. there's a special rung in hell for those who waste good scotch. Seeing as I may be rapping on the doors momentarily. Damn good stuff, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, great scene. Uh, but yeah, so he became your boy at that very moment. For um, sure. And and I love that he's kind of, he's really carrying the, the load on, on these fields. He, I mean, he wears the belt. Um, I did really and, like the scene, um, the sit down scene between new captain Billy Crudup and his co-captain, uh, you know, uh, James Franco's now widowed wife. Um, and that scene that they mm-hmm. little, the back and forth she had between um, the faith and, uh, you know, just it was just a nice scene of dialogue between two good actors, I thought. Yeah, I, I think and they I think there was a nice balance of, uh, OK, let's have these people stupidly kill themselves by wandering off and. Uh, but they also, I think it was well paced for me and, and people are already complaining about how, like, why is there all these like tender moments and it slows it down? I'm like, come on, you can't just have aliens running around for two hours. I like, I don't know where, what, what sites you're reading or where you're finding this information. Yeah, I guess stupid stupidity. Just, uh, Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Okay. Kind of like little snippets. Um, but, uh. What what kind of bug me? So they're not scientists; they're they're colonists. I think I think we gotta we can't give them too much credit. Yeah, they're, they're more they're more there to run the ship. Yeah, you know? they're they're more blue they're blue collar in in the distant future. Correct. Um, that you know this but, like almost uh, like a sea captain. What, yeah, exactly. And kind of what, what bugged me is that they they leave this ship and just are 
breathing the air of this random planet. Yeah, no, I mean, I know no they, helmets. They, I know they did tests from outer space, like, hey, actually, this this really resembles Earth. This could be great. And uh, in theory, it is. I mean, it it it's paradise. It's the home world. It's home. It's the home world of their creators. Uh, but it's it, it. This pathogen has been released, which we see in this really cool. I I really like that image of uh, David returning, and they're they're all like cheering the return of this. You know, their yeah, the expert, their the, patriot, correct. Well, because he okay, so the guy in Prometheus, that space jockey, that engineer. Um, I think we because when they bring up the map and it shows where he was going, his destination was Earth, and his payload you would you would assume is to destroy the human race. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget now why he crashes and he's kind of in stasis, but um, I'll have to rewatch Prometheus. So anyway, uh, they David charts the course back to their home world, um, and then instead of and then he destroys them all. Yeah. Which which is a really cool scene, and then uh, when they're walking through those like statues of everyone like kind of climbing for the exits, um, it just like everything involving David and like the history with the engineers. That that's what I I want to see more of, and that's what I'm interested by. But just the whole tropes of like getting to that, and then like okay, we got to get this team of people, we gotta blah 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 mm-hmm. respond to this ping, all that stuff you said, just so we can like get into this world and explore it a bit more. I think. F- like for me, it's like it's not enough of what I kind of came to watch. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but 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 real quick about Billy Crudup's character, like because you're talking about the sit down conversation, like I just want to, you know, make make it official that I object to this. And he's talking about, yeah, his faith, and that was like a, I think that was kind of tacked on. I didn't understand like what was what well, did he believe in? What well he, he was couldn't be- he's extreme he's consider he's considered an extremist because he still has a deep faith religiously. Uh, so essentially, you know, in the future, um, you know, from what I gather, the uh, the the plan or like the human race is more kind of scientifically minded, and the people mm-hmm. who are kind of driven by a faith or a blind faith um, are considered extreme, and you know, it's again playing with the the idea of uh, faith first creation or uh, with. In, within this world does that make sense and so you know it's kind of just like yeah, character okay. layering of like here's our here's our example of a religious uh character he didn't seem i, I guess the point was that he wasn't like uh fanatical he was just a guy that still i mean in the future they're they're kind of dying out i guess but yeah but I, that's considered believe, fanatical like, like he didn't he doesn't seem yeah. ex, you know extreme to to our taste here uh in 2017 yeah. but in the future that's considered extreme and uh, and and yeah, and by society standards, that makes him unfit to lead a ship, which was proven to be true. The guy yes. was completely <laughs> incompetent. Correct. Uh, well, at he least could not one. have made. I mean, everybody made the worst decisions constantly. Yeah. And then, like, they're all married couples. I thought that was kind of lame. Well, you know, it's the idea of like an arc, or like a you know, if it's a if it's if it's a repopulous arc, then of course they're all gonna be married and that's kind of the point of the mission yeah it's just a, a way to like make people more invested when people die i guess like oh my wife can i talk to my wife yeah uh what how do you think your boy uh, danny mcbride did okay motherfucking p uh i thought it was i thought he was fine you know he had a couple of a nice tit jokes um yeah and uh it, it was you know kind of funny to see him at the end with the uh you know the alien version of a rocket launcher 
fighting the alien. It's like, <laughs> I yeah. never thought I'd see this, but I know, uh, I know, you know, I thought he was fine. He serviced the he, old Tennessee, old T, uh, which was yeah. a, a fantastic name for a Danny McBride space character. For sure. So, yeah, it's great. Uh, I thought he was fine. And, you know, I guess we can uh, put a little button on the Alien Covenant review there and uh, make a nice smooth transition into an HBO show that I've recently watched. I know you've watched uh, Vice Principal starring said there we go. Danny McBride. Yeah, you like how I did that? I loved it. So with Vice Principals, Matthew Hayes, uh, we have two leads, essentially. We have our boy Danny McBride, and we also have the Matt Hayes doppelganger, <laughs> Walter Goggins. Yeah, I, I don't prescribe to that, but I, I guess I could see it. He, uh, yeah, Walton Goggins. I um, met him personally, and uh, I used to. He used to come into this taco taqueria I worked at, and I, I mentioned this fact that everyone keeps saying that I look like him to to him and his wife. And his wife was like, "Oh my god, yes, <laughs> Goggins." Yeah, because I've heard people say that you should do like stand-in work for him. Yeah, yeah, I, I've ha- I've taken classes with people where they're like, get in touch with his people, and like, if they ever need like his son, I'm like, God, like. He's got getting out of control. Hey, Hollywood, man. That's the Hollywood game. Get yeah. in touch. It's all about getting in touch. So, so yeah, all right. Well, anyway. Vice Principals. Yeah, I saw this when it came out. When, when did it come out? Uh, early, or like late last, um, in 2016, last year? Okay. Yeah, I just watched it recently about a month and a half ago. So. Oh, it, it spanned into this year. Okay, I forget when it aired, but yeah, it was uh, six, 2016, early 2017. But okay. Uh, so yeah, what uh, what did you think? And uh, yeah, an, o- uh, let's re- so- an overprotective father obsessed with becoming a principal and competes against a popular vice principal. However, something happens that makes them work together to save the day. Correct. Yeah. So you got uh, Bill Murray who does a little cameo in the first uh, few minutes there, and mm-hmm. he's the 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 standing vi- the the standing principal who has a sick wife, and uh, he's got to uh, turn the school over. Uh, to go tend to his wife and of course the two current vice principals are wondering who's going to get the job uh we got our boy danny mcbride who basically tells everyone in his family that he's already got the gig and of course you know based on that information that he's not going to get the gig uh but yeah they bring in a a vice principal from another part of town i think it's new jersey or where is she from yeah something like that i think new jersey's from philadelphia she's from philly right i can't Shit, I can't remember. But anyway, she comes down south to, to you know, um, find a new uh, find a new beginning, and she's gonna take over. And so the vice principals then uh, then enemies now have to uh, come together to get this woman out of town. So yeah, that's the again, yeah, it's the premise, and um, it's it's kind of more the same with uh, with the Danny McBride kind of comedy where he's a hard headed. Uh, you know, foot in his mouth kind of a jerk. This time he's more of a loser. He he has a less of a self esteem than uh, say K motherfucking P. Yeah. So Kenny Powers for he's spun down. He was he was a famous baseball player, right? I I never saw. Or that. at one time had achieved fame, and he's still clinging to whatever oh, okay. shred of yeah of fame that he had left. And this guy is Neil Gamby, which Neil Gamby with with the mustache. Great name. Uh. And he's, uh, yeah, the, the names in this show are, are, are pretty good. Russell is a pretty simple name, but even Belinda Brown. Fuck you, Belinda. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a pretty pretty funny sounding name. 
Uh, yeah, he's he's such a loser in the show. He, he's such a hot-headed loser. It's really funny because like his inter <laughs> his interactions with uh, the teacher he's a crush on, Amanda Miss Snodgrass. Snod- Miss Snodgrass, and then you see how desperate he is and how much of a loser. And then he'll just like scream his head off at these little high school kids. Yeah, watching adults scream at teenagers is pretty entertaining to me. Yeah. Almost as entertaining as watching little kids swear. Anytime they can just make little kids say swear words. Yeah. Or someone very innocent saying a swear. Like like in um old uh, when uh, Step Brothers, when they just kept making Mary Steenbergen say fuck. It's just like pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like watching watching him scream at these kids and call them assholes and, and all sorts of stuff. It's, it's pretty great. And they're and even in the first scene, um, they're almost doing uh, a, a former Keegan Michael Key character uh, from Mad TV. Do you remember Coach Hines? Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's it's um, they're having this this you know sentimental send off for the uh, uh, principal for Bill Murray's wife, and you know, of course, in the middle of it. Gamby stands up and he's yelling at two kids for for laughing and you know he says a bunch of ridiculous stuff and, and he makes himself yeah he I mean he look ruins completely incompetent yeah he 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 ruins the proceedings more so than the kids were yeah uh, by la- yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah exactly like that Keenan Michael Key character yeah you're right so um the bit did so did you know this that um I was doing a little reading on it then they they've only planned for two seasons like the 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 show will max out at 18 episodes and the next season of 9 episodes will be the last season. Yeah, I mean that you can only keep these guys around for so long they're movie stars. Um yeah. I I I like this, you know, just like the the mini series is kind of my jam right now. Uh Yeah, it's it's so in. Did you watch uh, Big Little Lies? I did. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, and I think that's that's gonna be they'll probably do like another season or two. I because I, I, it's it's based on one book, so you know there's only so much material you can do, and I don't think anyone's uh, in involved in these mini series are looking for the whole expansion after the text. Like, what say, are you uh, talking about? Uh, what was based on the book? Uh, Big Little Lies is. A oh book. yeah, I thought you were talking about. Vice and Principal. so you know, you know, obviously Game of Thrones has kind of expanded past the the actual text. Yeah, you know, they're making their own material now. Um, but I think that these these other small it, well obviously um, Vice Principals isn't a miniseries or isn't a book but you know they're just kind of these short little lived you know little eighteen hour movies essentially um, but yeah, yeah I mean I, I feel like True Detective kind of uh, opened the door for this sort of thing mm-hmm. so let's get two badass movie stars and just bang out ten episodes shoot it yeah. like a film and yeah man I miss that show that show was so cool yeah exactly. So, uh, yeah, this one's good for some laughs. I, you know, for fans, like, for um, uh, Brian, uh, McBride fans like myself, you know, it's good. It's good to have them back in kind of a similar element. It's more of the same in, in terms of a type of character. There, There's not, like, a ton new that he's doing, but it's just kind of a, a you know, he's with his writing partner from Eastbound and Down, so the, the style of comedy is pretty similar. He's still in the South. He's still, you mm-hmm. know, a hothead. He's still an asshole. Um, but man, I loved the first three seasons of Eastbound and Down, and so yeah, I, I watched go, this and those had and a great it. time. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some fun episodes. Um, I, yeah, I, I like the show uh, as a whole. I guess I did. It wasn't as laugh out loud as as funny as, to me. Maybe I don't know. I just because I haven't seen Eastbound and Down, but yeah, I, I like this a lot. And Walton Goggins plays this weird, like, feminine guy. Yeah, feminine, but. <laughs> It's so hard to like put a 
put your finger down specifically. There's no like one thing that either of these guys are. Yeah. He's like kind of a loser and kind of an asshole, but also nice, but also, you know, like they're all they're all like a lot of different things. Um and it was inter- and it's interesting to see where these character arcs are going. Uh you know, cuz you have um you know, uh, kind of me against the world, fuck you guys. I'm going to be the fucking principal. I'm going to run this place like an iron fist, which is Danny McBride, but then he finds companionship trying to take down this uh Belinda Brown principal and he finds companionship and then he's uh he finds it from basically Belinda at towards the end of this series but you know in the beginning of the series from from russell uh the walter goggins character and it's like which way do i go do i stay loyal to the you know first ally that i've ever had in in education or do i you know uh, do the smart thing and you know go with belinda here and kind of like watching his terminal turmoil and the decisions he makes and i you know i could kind of go with him on that and you know i could kind of see the uh, the con the inner conflict with that character so i thought that was pretty interesting and you know, then Goggins, like, God, that guy's just a maniac. And <laughs> at times you can see, you know, you know the, the stresses of his life and, you know, his current situation. And, you, but, you know, there's other times where you're just like, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's just I, I, I found it, uh, you know, I, it, it's not completely compelling, but I found it very interesting. Yeah, and obviously they had a lot of fun making this. And the, there's some uh, groundlings that make an appearance that uh, Edie Patterson who plays like the weird Miss Abbott who kind of uh, is really into uh, Danny McBride's character. Oh, okay, yeah, that, that weird teacher. Yeah, I was just trying to get fucked. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, some local improv talent in there from L.A., but um, I, they obviously had a lot of fun making this. It looked like it was a blast to make, and it's just a, kind of a silly premise that they... I love that they're kind of taking overly serious, and I think that's where the comedy comes from. Like these guys that yeah. desperately want to be vice principals. I mean, yeah, yeah no, it's it's, it's principal it, of a like a sub, like just general suburban high school. Yeah, and the high school sucks, and like the the all the football teams lose all the time. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth watching. I I, I I'll definitely watch season two. Yeah, I would say if you're a fan of Danny McBride, or even you can throw in Goggins. But if you're a fan of Eastbound and Down, it's probably uh you know great to come back to if you're looking for like a third or fourth show in your wheelhouse. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if you're not a fan of that, or if you you haven't really ever been into Danny McBride, then I would say you'd probably end up being more confused than anything. But I I, I enjoy it because I'm a big fan. My first, because the first time I ever saw Danny McBride was in a movie that I didn't really like, but I liked him in it a lot, which uh, was Pineapple Express. Oh yeah, I've actually remember never actually seen that. But he was your favorite and part of that. Yeah, and you know he just plays like he plays the drug dealer. It, it, like they're running away from this uh, drug lord, and you know uh, Danny McBride's kind of a middleman drug dealer who you're not sure whether or not you can trust. But he has this great scene where he's making a cake for his his dead cat's birthday, uh, and it's very improvisational. And you know it's very he's very improvisational in it. Uh, and I just I, I found him very funny in that. Um, and then you know as as the you know. He's, he's done a bunch of the Rogan projects, and I always thought he was really funny. And then Eastbound and Down was something that I, I really got into, at least for a few years. So, um, yeah, he's you know he's one of my guys. He's one of my guys that I make sure to go see. And so yeah. that's why I was excited to see him in Covenant there. Yeah, I, uh, I think they could have let him loose a bit more in Covenant. Um, I think uh, they kind of reined him in a bit. And, uh, yeah, old, old T, I think I think there was more more to that character than uh, simply dr- manning the the uh, uh, hovering ship. Yeah, we needed to have more conversations about tits. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I think having him be the single bachelor, single bachelor on the uh, the for covenant, sure. Yeah, know, 
mow down some hoes then yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that would more more interesting but, yeah, uh, yeah s- so servicing the 2000 uh, colonists in their pots exactly in the mow down. <laughs> so um mow but yeah anything else grass. anything hey, we've been off for a while any any other uh in ditties that you want to share uh i i saw the lost city of z last night with charlie hunnam uh Kind of the the new Taylor Kitsch of Hollywood. This this snooze. This uh <laughs> this this television star heartthrob that kind of comes out with two blockbuster duds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, you know, he was in Green Street Hooligans. He's been in stuff. Uh, Sons of Anarchy, a huge success. And then he's got King Arthur and Lost City of Z. Both kind of fail hard. <laughs> but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's he's not he's out of his depth. It's actually a critically acclaimed, highly rated, eighty eight percent Rotten Tomatoes movie. Um, excited about the source material, uh, kind of you know, this old fashioned uh, adventure movie, um, discovering you know uh, un- uncharted parts of the Am- Amazon forest. But uh, yeah, it was speaking uh, of Amazon, it sounds like an Amazon Primer to me. Yeah, there you no. go. Um, <laughs> Was a little unimpressed by that, but um, just jumping back into Alien real quick, I've, I've so I've been going through the uh, AFI Top 100 list and uh, have recently okay. seen Lawrence of Arabia, which uh, David is really obsessed by. So I was kind of uh, chuffed to uh, get that reference, you know, because in the Prometheus, he's watching, he's you know watches all the films uh, mm-hmm. while he has those years to himself, and then we bring it back in Covenant where he's humming. Uh, I'm the man who broke the bank at Monte Carlo. As he's like, oh, cutting, that's what that's from. As he's cutting his hair, yeah. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia. He's um, he's kind of singing that as he goes through this canyon and it's bouncing off the walls. And I guess uh, um, Peter O'Toole was like, I don't want to do this. I, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> and then the <laughs> the director convinced him that uh, yeah, the reason why was to kind of uh, announce his presence and kind of this grandiose Englishman coming in and. Uh, and now it's become like an iconic, uh, iconic scene. Yeah, listen to your directors. There you go. Note to all those actors out there. Cool. Yeah. And then I, um, I had spent some time. I had I, uh, fortune of performing the L stories at NYU, and saw some theater out there. And I went to see, um, I went to see what the fuck's his name, uh, Bobby Cannavale in mm-hmm. uh, the Hairy Ape. Oh man, fantastic production. So. Got some theater in as well. Got some, and also, um, I saw yeah. a really cool theater queer corner. I saw a really, yeah, a little theater queer corner, and I saw a really cool uh, um, play at the Steppenwolf called Linda Vista, which was written by Tracy Letts, uh, same guy who wrote, uh, you know, August Osage County and uh, Killer Joe and in a few other movies. But um, there's a great bit because it's this like curmudgeon uh, kind of like. 50s midlife crisis guy but he's he's bitching about superhero movies and i think it's it's a great way to to do a send-off uh for this summer's movie uh conversation because he's he's bitching about superhero movies and he's like he's like what the fuck is what with this and another character tells him they're like hey you know those movies are for kids like why are you so pissed off and he goes well first of all he goes first of all when i was a kid you got one movie and you didn't complain about it you were happy to have it and he was like second of all why are we only making movies for kids now and he was like, and third, uh, he goes, third, you know, um, it's really not for children. It's for adult men that want to act like children. 
And so we are perpetuating this baby man. This, you know, we're basically sure. reinforcing that this Peter Pan syndrome for men to act like children and still be into children, childish things. Lost in Neverland. Uh, and yeah, and I and I was like, man, nail on the head there, Mister Letts. So as we move into the summer, uh, just you know, it sounds I don't like a, grow up. It kind of sounds like a Bill Burr bit. Uh, a little bit. But. Yeah, that's uh. <laughs> so yeah, that's the new Tracy Letts play. I, I gotta. Yeah, I definitely want to give it a, read at least that. give it a read because it's 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 down now and I I don't know if it'll ever be remounted professionally, but uh, I really really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it had a lot of good theater as well. Come through theater renaissance, as I've been calling it. Hell yeah! And then just uh, just to wrap it up, our our boys, our um, our messiahs, you know, uh, creators of South Park, just always. Always nailing it on the head with the just the member berries. I mean, the I, member berries. I know they ha- they created those to really make fun of Star Wars: The Force Awakens, but it just it applies to so much of what's happening now and just this entire summer docket. Not only that, it's just like superhero movies in general. It's like, hey, uh, uh, remember Batman? Remember how you used to like Iron Man? Remember how you used to read these comics? And then yeah. It's like everything that's coming out is this uh, this, uh, this nostalgia grab, yep. uh, which it just is so exhausting to a point. But I mean, but then again, there's you can pick and choose. Like I'm not excited about the Mummy at all. I don't I don't think I'm Brendan Fraser did a fine job. I don't know why do we need Tom, Tom Cruise to take take it over. No. Um, I don't need to see that again. I, I was really excited about Alien, but I thought that was a bit too much of that nostalgia fan service. I was more interested mm-hmm. in what's new and. And we kind of got a little bit of that. Um, and then, yeah, all these TV shows coming back. I mean, who wants to see, like, another season of Will and Grace? And uh, I know people were hyped for the whole uh, – oh, I blanked on it already. But uh, the Gilmore Girls, like – Gilmore Girls. Fuller House. I mean, I give me a break. Friends, yeah. Anyway. So – we are cynical turds and not really excited about anything, but we'll continue to talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, enjoy your uh, enjoy your summer blockbusters, Bob. Um, All right. I will as well. Uh, talk next yeah, we'll, time. Uh, talk next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.